0: welcome to citizen today we have a very special guest um, someone I, I guess i've known you what year is this 22 since probably 2006 right late
1: 2006 yeah well mid-2006. mid 2006 then you you got to bravo company as a brand new wet behind the ears private in the summer of 2006, I believe.
0: Yeah, I think it was March or March or March or yeah, I think it was March. And then uh, Mickey Ross was there for like a couple of months. And then you took over for him in the summer, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. In I May, took over May. for him. Yeah.
0: So yeah. this is uh, Joe Singerhouse, my former first sergeant in the 82nd Airborne. And you went on to do uh, some other things as well and had done some things previously. Run me through your your timeline in the military. Cause I know you were in the big red one for a while as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I was in the West. First off, I was in the Wisconsin national guard for three years. Okay. Um, and then they wouldn't send me to ranger school. Mm. So I was <laughs> like, I'll show them. And I joined the army. Well, was it that they um, wouldn't send you or could they not get slots for it and stuff? See, I don't back then. And, mm. 1989 and 90 it was they wouldn't send me Mm. now that we're much older and less involved with myself Mm. it was probably they couldn't get slots so if they got a slot in the wisconsin national guard they weren't going to send pfc Singerhouse. they were going to (sighs) send lieutenant or captain somebody you know Mm. um get their get their money's worth so i joined the army um, active duty full time in 1991 and, uh, went to Panama first, the 508 airborne was in Panama and where was it? Was Is it Fort Gullick or something? What, what's down there still? No, no, no. So, um, I don't think anything's down there, but we had Fort Clayton was like where the headquarters mm. of Southcom was. And then in I the... was on How, Howard air force base. Oh, okay. Um, I see
0: was school of the Americas still down there or did they had they already moved it to
1: benning no that was a benning mm. i believe um so no i think after what was it 1989 is when the invasion mm-hmm. kicked off i think they'd moved the school of america's from panama before that so first two years i was in an airborne battalion down in panama and it was it was fun i did exactly what i said i was going to do i went to ranger school and graduated and um i put in you remember the old 4187 mm-hmm. i put in a 4187 as a pfc to do an ocot which is a continuous overseas mm-hmm. tours so my next duty assignment was italy in vicenza so <laughs> also not first, bad yeah my first 5 years in the army i was like america what i'm <laughs> having a great time everywhere else so Mm. and then i went to fort bragg um went to fort benning to be a drill sergeant and then coming off being a drill sergeant i i'd re-enlisted and and was going to get a victor bonus or whatever um and i got to germany and the only place you can go in germany airborne is echo company 51st long range reconnaissance patrol and i was all pumped up about that and i got to germany and uh got to first perscom and some little pfc came out and said hey sergeant you're going to go to first infantry division and i said hey pfc no i'm not (laughs) um i have a victor contract you know you got to send me to a a airborne ranger slide Mm -hmm. and some sergeant major came out and said hey sergeant you're going to go to first infantry division we're going to let you keep your bonus blah 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 blah. you got to go and i looked at him and i said I don't know anything about Bradleys. Mm -hmm. I don't, I've never been on a Bradley. What, what do you do? So um, he said, well, you can get on the airplane with your wife and go back to the United States and get out of the army for the army breaching your contract, or you can go to first infantry division and be a platoon sergeant. (laughs) So I was like, all right, where's first infantry division at? Mm -hmm. So we went there and, and honestly, it turned out to be, Gosh, one of the three three great years in the army. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was phenomenal. It went from me going to a motor pole looking at four vehicles and asking my driver, specialist gaddis, how do you how do you get in it? Like how do <laughs> To be know, honest, I,
0: I, I still don't know how to get into a Bradley. I can get into a striker, but
1: not a Bradley. Right, right. So <laughs> specialist Gaddis was like, ah, oh. anyway. <laughs> Um, showed me how to get into it and it it involves a, a, a socket and a, a wrench, you know and they're battle locked in the Vpool and got in it and <clears throat> man went through went through gunnery and um, just in the books, you know, nobody tells nobody helps you. Mm-hmm. so it's like, hey, there's this idiot and he's in the platoon sergeant Bradley Bradley and we're going through gunnery and, you know, I'm making all the rookie mistakes mm. and f- just in the books and finally got down to the end and where you qualified. And we got, a, uh, what would they call a perfect score at 10 mm. out of 10? And everybody's like, Oh my God, how did you do that? And I was like, look, it's just wanting to succeed that mm. I don't want to fail in front of my platoon. You know, they already think I'm an idiot because <laughs> I'm a jump master and here I am driving around in a Bradley, you right, know? Yeah. Um, so then after that, went back to Fort Bragg. Um, and that's where, when you kind of came in the picture, mm. um, and I remember oh, so getting- you,
0: so when you came over to, uh, to second bat, you were just coming back from Germany.
1: Yeah. Well, I had been in second battalion for about a year, mm. right? Because you were in Delta company, right? Or something? No, I was at, um, battalion headquarters Oh, I see. doing, doing the, uh, the op sergeant, op sergeant major job or mm-hmm. whatever. Um <laughs> and you look back and it's simply because it didn't matter that that I had deployed to Haiti with second of the 325 mm-hmm. as a staff sergeant and and been in the scout platoon and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. I came back to the 82nd, I had a first infantry division combat patch. Right. <laughs> so I mean everybody even some Major Flowers is like, I don't know what to do with you. And I'm like, dude, I am I am a jump master. Yeah, I am yeah. a ranger qualified. Mm-hmm. Well if if there's a if we can get you to if we can get you to combat and get an 80 second combat patch, that'll help out. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Whatever. So anyway, um my time you know my time came and mm. uh, went to bravo company and met you mm. and just 132 kick-ass people mm. that did a good job over in iraq so
0: we had a good group know. of guys i mean not just not just the the war fighting capabilities but there wasn't a whole lot of bullshit backstabbing. Cause we had, there were some tumultuous times, not, not in our own company, but outside of the company. I'm not gonna get too deep into that. We had to deal with a lot of, I mean, just typical brass nonsense. And I feel like we all really rallied. I mean, there, there's always outliers, but I feel like we all from Will and yourself all the way down pretty much rallied together and, and got some work done over there. Cause it could have gone pretty badly considering the weakness of leadership we had above us in my opinion.
1: Oh, it could have gone. It could have gone terrible. I mean, I I, I think back to what we did as a company, <laughs> and then I, I was thinking about this the other day. We were m- I was mowing the lawn, and I was thinking about towards the end. You know, we we originally were supposed to be on a three month deployment until oh. first infantry division got in there with their tanks and Bradleys, right? right. And then. Um, we were told it's going to be a 12 month deployment, And then Petraeus came in and said, nope, everybody's doing 15 months. So Captain Canada and I had to go around and tell everybody twice, Hey guys, Mm. we're not going home when, when we thought we were going to go home and just the amount of, I mean, Lieutenant Benfield and I had Mm. that board in the, um, in the CP and every day we got mortared, we would chalk it down. We would, we got up to 87 days in a row Mm. where we were hit with something. And you know, the company had, um, I think it was 22 purple hearts altogether. Mm. And, and just, uh, I mean, we were lucky enough to be the first group ever to be hit with IRAM, you know,
0: that was actually, (laughs) I was talking to somebody about that the other day. That was the, I think that's the only time I've ever been afraid in my entire life because we're on the third floor of that shitty building that we, we shouldn't have been in in the first place. And all of a sudden these 130 pound bombs start going off outside. Just Boom, boom. And I'm like, Oh shit, I guess this is it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So people, you know, people that have never been to combat want to know what combat's about. Mm. So the, what was it like? Well, you know, were you ever afraid of dying? And I was like, Oh, and I wasn't really afraid of dying, but um, I know what it's like to know you're going to die yeah because twice in my life you just i've gotten this feeling of Mm. okay this is it this this is the day and that was the first time dan Mm. because we were out building a jss and shop with all the drunk crane operators yeah (laughs) was um, that you
0: guys were up at buds would that happen uh, on, the, on the buds route, what was it like? Three or four blocks north of us, that one, or the one that was farther to the east?
1: It was, it was the one three or four blocks to the north of us. Oh, so it was up in Shab. Yeah, yeah. Um, we built that JSS, and mm-hmm. anyway, it was so I had gotten gotten back mm-hmm. at like five thirty in the morning and done whatever I was supposed to do, and laid down at six o'clock, mm-hmm. and six thirty in the morning. <laughs> They, they, they were so loud and so concussive that my teeth hurt Yeah, and I jumped up I was going to go figure out what's going on. And the second one hit, then I'm not lying. I just laid down in the, in the, on the cot and I took my poncho and wrapped around me and I'm mm. like, this is it. This is the day yeah. we're going to die.
0: Well, you can't, then, I mean, if somebody's shooting, we'll run towards that and go shoot that guy, but you can't shoot mm-hmm. a, You can't shoot a bomb. You know what I mean? No, like, you just no. got to kind of wait and see what happens.
1: And and uh, so then you know once it stopped then of course get up and go check on everybody mm-hmm. and make sure everybody's all right um, and then we had we had that other first sergeant come flying in the CP <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway we're getting into war stories yeah, yeah. away from uh, from the purpose of this but sure, yeah um, yeah so then I mean I, I got I retired in november of 2015 i retired um i had gotten gotten to be a battalion command sergeant major for an infantry battalion um and that was awesome mm-hmm. that was that was that was awesome um and got selected for brigade command sergeant major but that was back when president obama was cutting brigades yeah, yeah. so they selected a whole bunch of us mm-hmm. and then he cut brigades from I want to say from 50 something down to, to under the high thirties. Oh, wow. And one, one of the brigades that, that I got selected for was cut. So the army really didn't know what to do with me. <clears throat> and, um, and they called me up and said, Hey, I've got a, I've got a great deal for you. You're going to go to Kuwait and you're going to be the garrison command Sergeant Major in Kuwait. And I, oh, I said, no, I'm not. Nope. <laughs> you got to do something else. Yeah. And and they said, well, the only, that's what we got. And if you don't, you can retire with prejudice. And I was mm. like, you'll have my stuff in a week. Yeah. So, um, but I don't regret any of it. I mean, the decision not to go to Kuwait mm. for a year away from my family was a good decision and it's all, it's all good. It's yeah. what you make of it. So,
0: yeah, sure. Well, you've, uh, so the two uh, the, the two principles that you chose to discuss today are one and four. I'll support and defend liberty against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and uh, no matter where I am, I'll be a leader. As a leader, I last. Um, so you you've your entire adult life is as can can be defined by these two things, and and uh, I think a lot of ours can, uh, but yours is is super obvious. So, you know now now that you're back home out of the military, uh, you're working on leadership programs and things like that to to continue trying to do this. Uh, I mean, it is, it's a calling. There's a question about you're not going to get rich like doing this kind of stuff. It's just that it's not in the car, just like being a teacher or something. But, um, I, it's very rewarding. I wonder from your perspective, uh, Let's start with the first one. I'll support and defend liberty against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Tell me, tell me what that means to you, like specifically. So
1: it's the, to me, it's all about the constitution, right? Mm -hmm. So we have just, just this last year, the attack on our constitution Mm -hmm. is pretty relentless. Um, And so you got to figure out how, how do you, how do you fight back? Um, and what are you willing to do to fight back? Mm-hmm. And so as a, as a citizen and, and, you know, you've, you've said the oath and, and you've taken the oath and you've, I think you've probably taken it twice. Did uh, you reenlist?
0: Uh, no, I didn't reenlist, but I worked for Homeland Security. So I
1: took it. Okay. Again. Yeah. So you, you understand that the oath isn't to any person. Mm. It's to the constitution. Right. And, and once you take that oath, you're, to me you're obligated to uphold that that hope right so um about three or four years ago i just i felt i felt a calling that i needed to get more active in in government and you know trying to vet and pick people that that are we are calling leaders mm-hmm. that are running for election and and stuff like that so i i started and i got into a um, with a group of, of people that, you know, were rolling the boat in the same direction I was. And um, two weeks ago, we filed a lawsuit as a group um, against a secretary of state to make sure that our elections are fair and equitable, mm-hmm. you know, get rid of the voting machines and, and do stuff like that. So, and it's not, advocacy for one way or another. Mm -hmm. It's honestly, it's more about teaching and knowledge, right? right? Letting people know what's actually going on so they can make a good informed decision. And, um, so I've been involved in that, um, number four, good leaders eat last. Um, that's kind of the program I built. I built for foremen and supervisors Mm in the in the manufacturing and construction world because honestly let's face it so nobody gets leadership training right out yeah. out in the civilian world nobody does isn't that interesting you, you
0: get you get promoted based on to a management position based on your competence in the job but those two things don't necessarily have anything to do with one another like you, you go back to your story of like supremely qualified to do a certain job but you get put into a Bradley unit where you don't really know anything about the weapon systems or the battle movements or, or tempo or that stuff. And you just kind of have to adjust. I mean, you, so you were a good leader and it worked out, but that's not, that's typically not the case. It's, it's usually somebody's really good at something. It's like, Oh, you're good at this. So you're going to be a manager of that, that those two things are not the same.
1: So that when I got out of the military, I got hired, uh, to be operations manager and just it's it took me i'm gonna admit it took me like a year and a half mm. to figure out that that people were um people people were not <sighs> they weren't as motivated as somebody who volunteered for the army
0: mm.
1: you know want to say um it took me a while to figure out that they aren't they aren't reaching and grasping for that next level you right. know they're just coming to work and they're working 8 hours and they're going home and doing whatever mm. um so it took me a while it it honestly it took me a year and a half to figure that out and so when when i got hired by another company what i found out was the the foreman right we're only as good as the foreman that they grew up under mm like an apprentice or something like that. So if the foreman that they grew up under wasn't, he didn't care about mentoring because he didn't want somebody to come up and take his job and do a better job than he did. Um, That's the way the foreman were. So I developed this program, just basic leadership principles where, you know, the foreman, you have to, you have to serve the people that you're working Mm -hmm. with because the people that were know you're in charge of your crew they're actually the production right they're the people who make the money Mm -hmm. who get get things done um and if you don't do everything for them then you're going to be over budget on job you're gonna you're gonna fail on materials it's it's going to cost the company money um and then you know it affects people's bonuses and when when you say things like that they listen but most of the foremen that you hire are either related to you somehow or they showed up to work on time every day and Mm -hmm. never got in trouble. And that's it. That qualifies them for a leadership position because they stuck with you long enough. So,
0: so people will, if you're, if you're working with a group that may not be intrinsically motivated to do whatever it is to maybe they're good at their job and they show up on time and do well at that. But they don't necessarily have ambition to to go higher in the company or start their own thing or whatever it is. They li- they do start to listen when you quantify the stakes a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So that you have to yeah. you have to find as a leader, you got to find a way to to make sure that everybody working there has stake in the company in some way, right? Uh, yeah. and and then quantify that to them, like your bonus hinges on this performance. That that's a Absolutely. pretty that's a pretty good leadership principle, I think.
1: Well, that and. You know, and, and the only way you can get there is through trust, mm. right? So if you, Dan, if you were, let's say you were an apprentice plumber and you showed up, you wouldn't trust the guy that that was your foreman until he earned your trust, right? right? Um, but if you as a leader can evaluate somebody rather quickly, let's say within 10 days and and just pick a few things out that make that guy click like you dan Mm. pick a few things out that i would make you click and then i would i would exploit not exploit those but i would use those Mm. because things you're good at you're going to do more readily more often so using your strengths helps build the trust it gets you motivated um and and you know the old beat them down and tell them they're a worthless piece of crap doesn't work anymore yeah so you gotta you gotta you know you gotta encourage and and promote and mm. that trust and communication goes a long way making sure they can do their job
0: yeah it's interesting i mean uh it, it's something that i learned because because even you as a first sergeant in an environment where you know <clears throat> everybody definitely double volunteered to be there. Um, and you know, it is, it's a, it's a tough environment stuff, but even then you have to motivate different people differently and everybody doesn't get switched on the same ways. Uh, but it, it still begins and ends with discipline. Like sometimes you got to do shit you don't want to do, but like you said, I I think that's a really good point. It's something I talk about a lot. Uh, Putting, I, I, I suppose it's as simple as putting somebody in a position to succeed, right? Like I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to be winning any dunk contests because I'm, you know, old and 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 barely six foot tall. I'm not going to dunk a basketball. But there's a lot of stuff I could do well. If you put me in those positions, I'll do well. It's part right. of being a leader. Like a lot of people think leadership is giving orders and punishing the disobedient and rewarding the obedient. But that's that barely scrapes the surface of what's really going on there. I mean, you're 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 i I'm sure you're doing this but management of, of human capital requires a pre, at least some basic understanding of human psychology right
1: Oh yeah yeah so I' I never I'm not a psychologist right mm. but I have learned through through screwing things up so many times that psychology is psychology is the best part of leadership mm. right? Figure, figure. That's my daughter's cat. Yeah, she just got a cat. Anyway, um, that's the best part about leadership mm. is figuring people out what makes them tick, and and succeeding based on trial and error. You know, um, that and that's really in the civilian world what's what's needed because communication. Nobody teaches leaders how to communicate. Mm. Nobody teaches leaders how to. Um, effectively use people's strengths. Mm. And when you look at all the people in the world that are, that are simply just trying to take care of their family by coming to work Mm. and doing a good job and being consistent, that there's way more of them than there are troublemakers. Sure. Otherwise this Um, whole
0: thing would have collapsed already. Right?
1: Yeah. 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 And so use those strengths, Mm. like um, your example of you, not being able to uh, slam dunk a basketball. Mm. Well, as a foreman, as a leader, my job is to figure out if you if you have to slam dunk a basketball, how do I as a leader serve you mm. to make sure you have the right tools to do that? Right. So I would just go get a big trampoline and a, <laughs> and a foam mat and be like, okay, Dan, now you can slam dunk the basketball, but use this trampoline to mm. get you higher. And use this mat to fall on, so you don't get hurt. It's problem solving. It's it's critical thinking, and people don't do that. We aren't we aren't taught that. We're getting we're getting dumbed down on purpose for a reason. So
0: right. Well, I think I, one of the premises of this show, and I talked about it in the introduction, <sighs> uh, the first episode is is I, I don't necessarily. So there's always going to be <clears throat> there's always going to be weak leadership. And there's always going to be bad circumstances that arise. There will be bad actors who try to take advantage of power vacuums and, and prey on people and things like that. So that's nothing new. Um, it, it was the same in America when we started back in the day. Sure. But like Benedict Arnold was around. It's the most famous yep. trader of all time. It's not like we've just now started to experience shitbags. But uh, our, our sacrificing uh, involvement for complacency is, I, I think a bigger, I think it's a bigger problem than the fact that evil people or bad actors exist because, oh yeah yeah, you know, without our, if we're not weak and ignorant of these things and if we do our part to be the best citizen we can be, then there's no room for that stuff. Like it can't thrive. It's, it's like trying to plant in rocks. You know what I mean? There's no soil there for it to take root. So I think, I think, I think we as a society bear the responsibility. I don't blame, like politicians are weak, moral cowards and they're like toddlers though. Right. They're like, they're getting away with whatever we let them get away with.
1: Well, so politicians are easily moldable, Mm. right? And and the molding agent is money, right? Right. So politicians are are they are doing what the people that that gave them enough money to get into office want them to do. Um, but it's people like a, a good citizen mm. that is doing the right thing and and teaching respect and demanding respect and holding people accountable that is the good citizen and that's what we've gotten away from like you said i think the other day you and ross were talking about parenting Mm -hmm. you're talking about that that um, mentally ill confused kid up in illinois right and ross was talking about what's it take to be a good parent blah 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 and you said something profound you said it used to be when you were a kid and you were in a town and you were weren't with your parents, but somebody saw you doing something wrong, mm. they jacked you up right yep. there.
0: Right. Um it's happened to me quite a few times, actually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I grew up in a town of 450 people. Mm. Everybody knew everybody. Yep. And so if you did something wrong, everybody knew about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that accountability was there. And if you did something wrong, somebody's gonna tell you about it. And and you know it was it was not only embarrassing to you but it was embarrassing to your family and and that's one of the things you don't want to do and um so but the accountability people are afraid to hold other people accountable right now because i mean you get you get crucified if you go against the the i guess the wokeness Mm. Of of the United States, you get crucified. You get crucified on social media. You get crucified um, in your town. You get crucified at work. Um, people are people are afraid to mm. say anything unless it goes again. Unless it's with the, I guess the Facebook majority or yeah. whatever you want to call it. You know, right. um, and and it's causing an issue. And the other the other big thing. I think of being a being a good citizen um, is just respect respecting everybody you come across and and serving them somehow one way or another you know you see somebody broken down on the side of the road um, stop and ask hey Mm -hmm. can I help you um what's going on you know a lot of times you can go and get gas for them or help them Mm -hmm. change your tire or whatever that to me is being a good citizen. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that goes back to number four, um, leaders eat last. You are making sure that those around you are taken care of and, and mm-hmm. can be productive before you, before you take care of yourself. Yeah, so.
0: for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, mo- the, the reality is most people, Will go through their entire life without actually being in a formal leadership position. The vast majority of people will never be in a formal leadership position. But you're a leader if you're if you're able to comprehend actions and consequences and think three dimensionally and uh, put aside your own personal benefit to to help other people. You are by definition a leader because that's what a leader is, right? I don't yeah, care. I don't. Yeah. I don't care if you're 15 or 50. You know what I mean. I don't care if you're yeah. uh, uh, the uh, if you're in high school or or you know getting ready to retire. You're a leader because when you are able to when you're when when you act that way when you behave that way, uh, people will look to you as a leader. It doesn't matter what your title is. Right. And to the other point, um, <clears throat> what you're describing there is is. I think the real – one of the big problems, if not the big problem, whether it's in the workplace or in parenting or in politics, you may say that you don't support whatever shitty behavior is happening, whatever your kid's doing that you don't like or whatever your soldier's doing or whatever a politician you voted for, but if they do the shitty thing and still get what they want, which is to say uh, uh, they get to go hang out with their friends later if they're a kid or they get elected if they're a politician, yeah, you've now trained that person to believe that not only is their behavior okay, but it's actually preferable, right? Because they got yeah. to do what they want and they still got what they want. And that's not how life is supposed to work.
1: No, 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 no. It, it, it... Consequences now are a thing of the past, mm. right? So I, I think no matter what you do in life, every decision you make, there is a consequence. That consequence could be good. And enjoyable or it could be bad and painful um or you could have consequences put on you because of the decision you made um and that being a citizen means you have to hold people accountable and there has to be consequences mm. you know politicians man there's just it, there's no consequences for them mm. right now it's we are we are divided as a country um between the left and the right and it's by design and if you think about it it should be we are we are shouldn't be divided by that we should be divided by either right and wrong Mm -hmm. right so this may be controversial and one of the things that, that but if people think the republican party is better than the democrat party to me they're the same thing Mm. they're they're bought by the same people they just wear a different color tuxedo to the dance Mm. that's it it's it's designed that way and so as a as a citizen to me right now because because the definition has to change based on circumstances but just getting the knowledge out about the people Mm. That, that are running and, and making, you know, allowing people to make an informed decision right. is, is critical. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. in my spare time, I guess. So,
0: yeah. I mean, so back to number one, sup- I will support defend liberty against all enemies <sighs> foreign and domestic. I, I think it's, it's a really interesting statement. It's the reason it shows up in all of our oaths of office, whether you're a first responder or military or, or federal service, uh, support and defend right that's sword and shield uh, mm-hmm. and uh, uh foreign and domestic means it doesn't really matter where the threat's coming from it has to be dealt with right so yeah uh, yeah but for the first half for support and defend i think <clears throat> this is one that's like it's super interesting to me because what does it mean like we, we've we've said these words in defense of the country, and it's very obvious what that means—to support and defend the Constitution as a soldier, but as just a regular person. And let's let's reduce it from the Constitution just to liberty, which I think is what the Constitution is all about. Because then it applies right. to not just America but everywhere. All right, sorry about that. We had a little technical difficulty, so we were talking about uh, politicians, um, and mo- this is this is why I like to talk about. 360 degree leadership. Right. So um, and I, I've given like many lectures on this before about how an infantry unit moves around where it's not the the command element typically isn't out front. Right. Right. Because that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like you can't give orders to everybody if you're out front. So you don't always have to like we, we hear things like lead from the front and stuff like that. You should lead from no matter where you are. And as a citizen, part of your role as somebody who's conscious and aware to be a leader is to lead by example and expectation. I, I think it, uh, well, two things. One, I'm pretty sure you told me both of these things first. I'd seen the leaders eat last in, uh, uh, principle in motion a lot because in the military, for those of you who haven't served, if there's a, a holiday or something, the officers and senior listed guys serve everybody first it's kind of a right. tradition to do it that way. But I pretty, I think you're the first person actually said that phrase to me, leaders, last, but you also told me one time, uh, <clears throat> I think it was when I was getting ready to go to the Sergeant board or something like that. You said it, it's not what you, what you expect that happens, but what you inspect that happens. Right. Meaning right. like if you just expect things to go the way they're supposed to and, and leave it at that, things are not going to go that way that that's true of your, ch- if you're not checking on your kids, it's going to happen. The more time, <laughs> yeah. the more time you spend finding them doing the right thing, right? The less time you're going to yeah. find them doing the wrong thing. The same is true f- as a manager in a business or as a citizen with politicians. Like the, the <sighs> we enjoy our convenience. We enjoy being able to like, especially people that are, conservative and libertarian, they just want to be left alone for the most part. As I, Actually, I think most people just want to be left alone. Yeah. But there's a, there's a, there's inherent danger in that because somebody has got to be on watch. Right. Yeah. Some somebody. And, and right now it needs to be all of us. Like the bigger, the right. problem, the bigger, the threat, the more people that need to be on watch. We have like uh, two dudes or three dudes on staff duty, or we have 50% security, or you have everybody's up and ready to shoot. Right. There's different, right. Le- there's different right. levels of that stuff. And We've been asleep at the wheel for some time now, and it, it, this, is the, this is just how it works. Like, if you let, if you leave people to their own devices like that, particularly ones that are motivated by things like money, it's not going to go well.
1: Well, no, I mean, so you think back to throughout history, right? I mean, Andrew Jackson.
0: Give me just one moment. Let me read some ads so we can keep this show on the air. First and foremost, as usual, is GhostBed.com, GhostBed com forward slash bros. Uh, you know, it's ghost bed, man. Best beds in the world. We love them. We sleep on them. Uh, they're our favorite because, well, for a number of reasons. Let's get to them. The first reason I love these beds is because the company's great. Um, we've had a good relationship with them over the years. They're very supportive of veterans and first responders. They take care of the people that take care of us. Um, and then, of course, I got the best mattresses in the world. They're all cooling mattresses. So for big sweaty dudes like us living in Texas, huge uh, huge deal for us to get that. Then they have the best sheets and the pillow I take with me on the road, as you've heard me say before, because I can't sleep without it. Right now, Ghostbed is offering forty percent off ghost bed bundles where you get a mattress and an adjustable base, and then anything else you add to that order, all of that's gonna be forty percent off. For everything else, thirty percent off. We use the code drinking bros at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Now they also have a zero down zero percent financing plan. You can see it on the website. Uh you can get with with approved credit, you can get zero-down, zero percent financing for up to sixty months. That's five years. So you can get that whole bedroom suite for like 35 bucks a month and get a mattress for like 20, 25 bucks a month. So go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros and get those deals. Next up, we have a new a new sponsor here called Fume, F-U-M. So this is uh this is a great one. If if you smoke and you're trying to quit, or if you're a past smoker and you, you know, you remember that it sucked, but you still like the ritual, which is the case. A lot of psychological studies have shown that the the actual chemical isn't the issue. It's the ritual. Now you have an option to defeat that. So that's why you've got to check out fume. That's F-U-M. What makes fume unique? Fume is a natural inhaler designed for better, safer, and natural way to quit smoking, quit cigarettes. It's not not smoke, no vape, no nicotine. It's not a replacement uh, for, for the, for the habit necessarily. Uh, What it does is replace the, action i guess for lack of a better phrase it's something that a lot of people have the ritual some people might call it so fume handcrafts wood inhalers uses core infusers uh infused with plant oil studied to curb cravings they have flavors like peppermint and conquer with mint- minty notes uh, to simulate simulate menthols if you're a menthol smoker other flavors like cozy chai and lemonberry bliss for a sweeter experience if you've you know been on some of those other uh, nicotine substitutes and you want nicotine out of your life entirely, all of their flavors are 100% natural, no harmful chemicals, no artificial flavors, absolutely no nicotine. They have thousands of reviews uh, that uh, from people who discuss using this product to get where they want to be. Quitting is tough, but fume can really help. They've got thousands of five-star reviews from smokers who've tried everything and finally found that this works. And, you know, for the ritual, if you're one of those people who used to use or used to smoke, used to use vape pens to stop smoking or whatever. Now you can do it without the nicotine. Whether you're a smoker or an ex-smoker who still struggles with cravings, fume is the perfect tool for you. Head over to breathefume.com forward slash citizen and use the promo code citizen and you'll save 10% off your entire order. That's 10% off your entire order when you head to breathefume.com Forward slash citizen and use the code citizen. That's b r e a t h e f u m dot com forward slash citizen and use the code citizen. Get healthy, folks. Last but not least, health is important. So is security. We're talking about Simply Safe. It's the easiest security system in the world to install. Uh, today's episode of Citizen is brought to you by Simply Safe Home Security. Here at Simp- uh, here at Citizen, we believe. Your home should be the safest place on earth for your family. That's why I use and recommend Simply Safe. Simply Safe is an advanced whole home security system that puts you, your home, and your family's safety first. And here's why I love it super easy, super easy to install. It's got all the functionality of all the other security systems that you've used before. It has the window sensors, the door sensors, the cameras, the whole thing, right? At a much Cheaper cost, better quality product, and it's a company that you know you can rely on. So, Simply Safe offers comprehensive protection not only against intruders and burglary, but also against expensive home hazards from floodings to fire. You remember the problems that Ross had last year, and if you're, you know, if you live in Texas, whether it's ERCOT with the issues with their uh, with the energy grid here, or the issues uh, uh, with with pipes bursting and all that stuff during the winter time. This stuff can help you. 24-7 professional monitoring. Their agents take action the moment a threat is detected, dispatching police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home. Safe uses proprietary video verification technology so that monitoring agents can visually confirm the threat in order to, to get high-priority 9-11 dispatch so they don't just think it's some, I hate to say it, but some yuppies, uh, oversensitive security system you know, in a neighborhood. They're visually verifying this, and the police know that they're not uh, playing games, and they will send somebody out there to help you. So monitoring plans are affordably priced at $1 a day with no long-term contract or hidden fees because feeling safe at home shouldn't break the bank. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafecom slash citizenpodcast. Go today. And you will be able to claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off the interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash citizen podcast. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E, simplysafe.com forward slash citizen podcast and get
1: those deals. I mean, if you go back and you look at Andrew Jackson, right, we've been having election issues. Gosh, I think George Washington was the only person they probably didn't have some election issues right, right? Yeah, yeah yeah there so, there's actually
0: a uh, uh, Rutherford B Hayes as well the associated press and western union <laughs> assisted him and, and kind of get away with some bullshit you can read about it in the master switch by tim wu it's a really good book but anyways yeah right
1: can... but so but how do we how do we make sure we are doing as citizens everything that we can do and just like you said Dan, we got to get, we got to get involved. We got to do our own research. We got to mm. keep people accountable. So in the state I live in, um, we had a Senate race. And what really kind of tipped me over the edge was one guy announced that he was running for Senate and it just, it felt wrong. Mm. It, I mean, it felt wrong. And the only thing he ran on was Hey, I'm this guy, I'm a veteran. All mm. right. So I started, I started digging into it. And it was just rotten all the way through. Rotten all the way mm. through. So I was getting information out to as many people as I could and 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 thank thank goodness it worked. Mm. Right. Um otherwise, otherwise, I mean, it's just people that want to run for office nowadays you just can't trust them you got to dig yeah they're all there's 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 motives behind everything and what is the motive and 99.9% of the time it's not to serve you you know the human mm-hmm. the the citizen it's to make themselves rich or 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 you know
0: Ad- advance their career in some way yeah for sure yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah so and that's what we got to get rid of and the only way we're going to get rid of it is is through people like you with Mm. this show through people like me that that just we're done we're Mm. done with it you know um as far as defending the constitution as a citizen i mean you have to know what the constitution is first right That's yeah yeah, you got to know what it is and people don't know what it is because you know, you are taught in, in school, in public school, Mm. you're, you're not taught what the real meaning is, you know?
0: That's definitely true. I mean, I'm, I'm a, a a generation younger than you even, and I don't, I don't recall a very, like I took government classes in school. uh, And we talked about torts and, and structures of government and stuff like that. But very few people, have an understanding of, for example, the ninth and 10th Amendments, right? Which is the, we've written down all the stuff we can think of right here. These are the things that we believe are intrinsic rights of man. It should not be uh, uh, messed with in any kind of way. And anything else either has to be added to the Constitution through an amendment or it has to be returned to the states for a vote, Right. And that's, that's, it's not a, it's not a judgment on the issue itself, whatever issue you place against it. That's just how the law is meant to work. You know what I mean? So people, people, people get into these debates about guns or, or abortion or any of these other things. And they think that because someone uh, is pointing out how the constitution, our government works that they're taking a side there. And maybe in some cases they probably are, but it, that doesn't matter. What matters is, is that. We all are playing the same game. That's right. that. That it has to be that. Otherwise, so, like if you try to have a basketball game and everybody's got different rules, you will never know what's going on or who wins. You know what I mean? Right. It doesn't make any sense that way. So,
1: right. Um, <sighs> and I think one of the one of the like you said, knowing the Constitution. So we just, I mean, we just, to me, dodged a dodged a uh civil war type situation with the roe v wade mm. um decision you know if you knew the constitution and you understood it the whole decision was just moving moving that decision back to the states right that's all it was yep you know um and then when it gets back to the states people if you don't like it get involved and, and Go vote. elect vote the politicians the elect and support the politicians and the candidates of your choice mm-hmm. to make sure that you get what you want. That's all it is. Yep. Um, and one of, one of the things about, you know, number four as well is what I've learned throughout life is to be a good leader. You have to be a good follower, Correct. right? Like the most jacked up things that I've ever seen in my life. Is when everybody's a leader.
0: <laughs> Too many chiefs, none of them. Yeah,
1: and a task has to get done. The good example of that is I went to the school in 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 the army, and I was there for probably nine months. But everybody was the same, right?
0: Oh, you mean the sergeant major academy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, or we call it the lobotomy factory. Actually, I believe is our <laughs> phrase for that.
1: And it was like, ah, we got to get something done. Mm. Well everybody's like yes we do and stand there with their hands on their their hips and and then you you know you have to clearly identify who that leader is um and good leaders honestly will support the leader in charge with whatever they need and and come up with good suggestions and and hopefully the guy in charge is able to listen um i always i always even in bravo company mm-hmm. i would always listen like you would have an idea or mm-hmm. welter would have an idea or um t arena even yeah i mean he would have an idea and i I'd just listen sometimes i I'd, I'd say that's stupid and <laughs> shouldn't think like that or sometimes it's like hey that's a really good idea let's do it right you know um <laughs>
0: Well, that's a meritocracy, <laughs> that's like, right? That's the way. Like I, I tell people this all the time: war is the ultimate meritocracy because, oh yeah, if the bad if the if the bad ideas win, then people die. Right. Yeah. I mean that the yeah. the results couldn't be any clearer. And it's I I think it's a good thing to uh, a good point to make that you can't you can't lead unless you know how to follow. I think it's uh, <clears throat> not just the disruption it causes if there's too many leaders, but like how do you how do you really know how to communicate to the people following you unless you can imagine yourself in their position or if you unless you've right. been been in their position. You can't, in my opinion.
1: Right. And and how can you know as a leader or a citizen that what you're saying is coming across effectively? Mm-hmm. People don't people don't ask questions. A good leader will say very little, but he'll ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. You know, that feedback you get from from an apprentice or a soldier or somebody on your, your soccer team, if they can answer you correctly, that means, okay, they understand we can move forward. You Mm -hmm. know, um, people don't ask a lot of questions. They just assume things and then it's locked in stone. So, well, that's how you learn
0: too, right? It's, it's the, it's the process of recall. So, uh, I've, I've done, uh, you know, I've studied, Developmental psychology and educational psychology quite a bit. The way people learn, consuming information, and the different types—whether it's uh, uh, hands-on or 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 learning or listening or whatever it is, um, or even watching somebody else do it—but <clears throat> it, it doesn't really matter how they pick it up. They pick it up in one of those ways, and they have to. You have to be able to pick it up, sit with it for a minute. It's sh- it's typically for learning a new skill you need about you need to a period of instruction and then about a 30 minute break for your brain right. for your brain to to do its thing and you come back to it and repeat it back to somebody or do it, demonstrate it or whatever it is. So what you're doing as a leader in that scenario isn't just making sure that all your people are squared away. You're you're building new leaders now, right? You're yeah. teaching you're teaching people not what to think, but how to think, which is an important skill that we've seemed to have lost. Um
1: Oh yeah, critical thinking yeah. is is I mean, you got to have college courses on critical thinking Mm. and it shouldn't be that way, you know, in high school, in high school or junior high or like at home with my kids. I just ask them questions. Like, if you do that, how's that? What effects are you going to get out of it? Mm. Like, what are you, what, how's it going to help you? Um, what is the purpose of it? And nine times out of 10, they can't answer, but they got to think about it. Right. And that's just the critical thinking is it's wasting money in the civilian world. It's, it's allowing for poor candidates to be mm. leaders. And, and, you know, there's a huge difference between a leader and an influencer. All right. And I think in, in, even in the army, right. So leaders, leaders lead, like team leaders lead um, squad leaders lead platoon sergeants are are influencers mm-hmm. they influence the the squad leader and the team leader right it's just like in a business out here you know your foreman and supervisors lead right your managers manage and and the owner of the company he influences so you know, that leadership is one of those words we overuse way too much. So the one real
0: day. the reality of that situation is that all of these people out there who think that they're not in leadership positions, that they're that their upper level manager or their CEO or business owner, that's who the leader is. In reality, they're the leader because they're the ones setting the tone for everybody that does the actual work, what you referred to earlier, like the actual yeah, money. Yeah. The actual money makers, right? So it's like yeah. serge- it's basically sergeants and privates, right? But there's yeah. no there's no I guess foremans and and lower-level managers to some degree are formalized in the business world, Uh, but it's not formalized amongst the general citizenry. But Mm -mm. if you you introduce me to your group of friends, especially if you're like in your teens, 20s, or 30s, if you introduce me to your group of friends, I'll tell you who the leader is in about 20 minutes, right, just from talking. Yeah, yeah. Because there's going to be one, whether it's formal or not. And that may seem – aloof like it it may it may seem like it's not that big a deal but i promise you like every it's like being a parent man everything you do is being watched and repeated Mm -hmm. and that is it's it's a responsibility that ordinary people people that have taken the time to listen to shows like this or, or or get involved in things it's something that i think you should not be intimidated by you should you should be drawn to that Like it should be like, okay, cool. Now this is my next challenge is to make sure that I'm being the best leader for these people I can be, whether I think like that or not, or whether they, whether we would actually say it out loud. I know that I'm in this position because I can see these people being influenced by what I'm doing. I think it's a really good guardrail to set up for yourself as well. Like, am I doing the right thing? Are the things I'm doing worthy of this uh, uh, trust and loyalty and admiration I'm receiving from these people? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it comes down to number four. That's why why leaders eat last, mm. right? Um, and you just said it. It's trust. If you don't if you don't have trust in in your leaders, one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to get angry and revolt, which we haven't done in this country yet, mm. um, or you're just you're going to become complacent and give up. And that's where I think we're at. And, and the congressmen and senators and state leaders and mm-hmm. stuff like that, they don't recognize it. They don't. They have this group of people that follow them around and tell them everything's good yeah. and they're the smartest person on earth. And so-and-so millionaire wants to talk to you. And if, if you say the right things and dance the right way, he's going to give you millions of dollars. So this is what you need to say and do. And, and they're not serving us, you know. Um and that's where we are. And that's why people people need to do some critical thinking and they Mm. need to get involved. And they just need to take a few minutes every day and and look at other news besides what's on the TV. Right. You know? I I can't I can't remember the last time I watched a mainstream media news program right It just it makes me angry yeah you know
0: well you can you can tell that you're being manipulated and that yeah, doesn't yeah. that doesn't feel very good like when you run into those <laughs> situations in in your social life like in, in your relationship or um uh in, in business or in your friend groups or whatever it is and you you can tell somebody's trying to manipulate you you should become angry about that that's not a yeah, good yeah.
1: thing yeah yeah you're they are they are using you for their gain right and and shouldn't be that way. Those, mm. those people need to be serving us, doing what we, we we elected them to do. Right. Um. And and the group I'm with, we're just we're we are tired of having two bad choices and picking the best of the two. You know, that's what we're tired of. So um, it's just getting out there and. You know, like you said, being a community leader mm. and getting people knowledgeable about candidates and where they stand from, and most importantly, who's bought them already and who's funding them. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's uh, we we've come to believe in this country. Like it, we were very adamant at the beginning that there wasn't going to be American royalty. We weren't going to have a patrician class. Uh, now, right. of course, that developed. Rather quickly as it as, as it does, uh, but it was isolated. Now it's it permeates throughout our entire culture. But I, th- this is the from this show, all, of all the all the things, <clears throat> all the principles together is really leading towards one general idea, and that's that the seed of power in a free society is our collective dedication to liberty. Right. Not right. not one person or another, not one party or another. That's why I like. The support and defend and foreign domestic uh, elements of our Constitution That's why I included them in this, because it suggests that followers uh, or that, that, that people that believe in it is intentionally designed to remove institutional power from the state and apply it to principles, ethics. Right. Right. Not a person, not a group, none of that bullshit. It serves every pursuit that you'll ever uh, uh, go through in your life, whether it's electing leaders, whether it's uh, 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 your your business uh, situations, or whether it's raising your family. Every single one of these things can be defined by this. And the good news is that <clears throat> as much as things are kind of jacked up right now and as, as much as we are to blame for it, uh, we also hold the keys to to unfuck this situation,
1: right? Yeah, we do.
0: Like it's, it's, it'll, it will be our collective effort, how we realign ourselves, how we change the paradigm from looking to these people as our leaders to looking to them as servants, the same way that we are servants to the cause of Liberty. Right. That's that, that is how you should, you should approach that. And that's my main goal for this is to get people to take ownership.
1: Yeah. And, and so one of the things we've been lulled into as a citizenry is that we always need to think big, right? Mm. Well, every, how are we improving? How are we getting better? How are we getting bigger? Well, I will tell you as a citizen that city council member job means more to you personally mm. than, then uh, uh, house of representatives in the United States Senate does. Right. Not only, not only does it have
0: more influence over you, but you have more influence over it because you're a part yeah, of a yeah. smaller pool of people voting to elect them. That means you have more power yourself.
1: Absolutely. But but the amount of people that just don't get into local politics to me, Dan, that, that's part of being a citizen. Mm-hmm. It's not, you don't have to be that city council member, but you have to know who that city council member is and what they stand for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and you have to have conversations with them and tell them what you think is right and what you think is wrong. Um, and then honestly, being a good citizen is, is just being able to say, Hey, I was wrong. And, and, I'm um, I apologize. We don't mm. do that anymore either. We don't, we don't apologize unless, you know, it's politically feasible right, to yeah, do that. Yeah, You know, we don't apologize. A good citizen just like any good human being is hey, we all make mistakes. And then, uh, then accepting that apology and moving on, Mm. you know, that's, that's one thing we don't do, but I think that's important is, is to be a good citizen is to admit you're wrong. And then when somebody else admits they're wrong, accept it. Mm. Like, don't banish them from the yeah. island. This isn't hunger games, you know? Yeah.
0: Grace is weird that way. You typically yeah. only get it if you give it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And,
0: and we all stopped giving it to, so we could make points. Like I, I run into this in my, in, in social situations a lot too. You meet up with somebody that you haven't seen in a while and you spend the first 10 minutes of your conversation talking about how stupid everybody else is. Is that, yeah, yeah. have you really done anything? I I, I think you've, yeah. I, honestly, I think that's a net negative when, when you sit around talking about it. And that's why I, I sweat not that we were necessarily doing that on the old show, American Party, but I feel like just covering politics in America in general, you fall into that trap. There's enough people out there talking about what's wrong. I want to talk about how to make it right. That's, that, yeah, yeah. it seems like a be- much better use of all of
1: our time. Well, Dan, I will I will be, tell you that there are groups of people that are springing up all across Mm. the United States and they are, they are doing exactly that. Mm. They're not like, Oh, this guy, that guy, they're like, how are we going to fix it? It doesn't matter what the name of the human being is in that position. We're going to, we're going to fix it. We're going to expose it. We're going to um, support it, whatever. And, and it's getting better, but you know, you also have to go through, the beat down because Mm -hmm. the establishment, the establishment attacks and they've got a lot of money and they attack pretty hard. Um, But as long as you understand what, what the bill of rights are, the constitution, you're, 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 you're always on solid ground. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I do see a lot more people getting involved and i and i like that i think it's uh you know again the good news is that it, this is still in our control to solve in a lot of ways i mean not yeah. pe- people like to because it's easy people like to reduce it to just voting for one party or the other or who's going to be president but that's that's not it that's, it's 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 the day-to-day stuff like you said that really matters. Yeah. I mean, when you're, if you're like a your professional athlete and let's say you're a baseball player and your timing's off, you're a your hitter, you don't go up to the plate and try to hit home runs every time you go back into the batting cage and start working on fundamentals again. You know what I mean? That's right. always the solution.
1: Right. It, it It is. And, and simplifying things like we have, honestly, you know, when you are talking about this generation and that generation, when you think about, where all this started and we started getting super complacent. It was after world war two, mm. you know, it was, it was that generation coming back, everybody, just the major mix up. Um, and, and the people that, that were getting involved with, with government, um, they're the people that, that raised that generation who raised the generation that that raised me that
0: Mm.
1: you know and we raised you so it wasn't you can't blame it on one generation you can blame it on a circumstance of you know economic prosperity Mm. um bred weak men and then feminism came in and um took away the you know the power they divided men from women and now you got bad dad jokes and people don't take dad seriously or mm. dad's not even around, you know? Right. Um, that's part of it. And and when you don't have that leader, that leader at home, um, we get to where we are now, where we got to go back to the basics, like you said, yep. and it takes citizens to do that. You can't depend on your politicians no, or, no. or or even your ministers anymore to do that.
0: No, a guest we had on uh, about a month ago, a month or two ago, said something um, that I I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say it in the way he said it before, but basically said the smallest form of government is your family. Yeah. Uh, And I enjoyed that quite a bit. And it's not, not just because I think you should only focus on that, but like if you start there and then model like everything else you do in business, in life. The way you handle yourself on, on the internet, the way you, uh, debate and and discuss with people and the way you vote should reflect that same value. Right. Like, uh, how, how is this, how is this helping my family?
1: Yeah. So, you know, when, when God gives you a child, it is the greatest gift that you can ever receive, like, but it's so much work, (laughs) Right. It is, it is peaks and valleys. It is good. It is bad. It is, um, love it is hate, you know, it is everything, but it's your responsibility. You are accountable as a, as a parent, you are accountable to that child to make sure that child grows up to be a good citizen. That's respectful of others and, and, an asset to the community, you know, and, when we say asset to the community that doesn't mean they have to be a leader or anything they just have to stay out of trouble Mm. and allow other people to live Mm. that's that's it asset to the community you know don't don't take but just give that's it that's leadership
0: yeah it is it is uh and and Again, just to bring it back full circle, you don't have to be in a leadership position to be a leader, and I, nope. that's why I wrote this particular principle the way I did. No matter where I am, I will be a leader, and as a leader, I will you last. I think those. I I, th- I think it's a good way to to think about your life. It's something that applies to everybody, no matter what situation, your age, uh, uh, or position socially or in the workplace or in government or whatever it is, you're always a leader. Yep. If if you're able to comprehend, uh, uh, if you're self-aware enough to realize that your actions have consequences, not just for yourself, but for other people, you are a leader by
1: definition. Um, well, and, and to go even further, Dan, it hmm. used to not be like this, but if you have the ability to, To have critical thinking, Mm. you are, you are a leader now because you're going to be the guy, even if you're not in charge, you're going to be the guy to go, Hey, (laughs) if we do that, here's the consequence of what is going to happen. Right. And the leader in charge will be like, Oh, well maybe we should change our mind. You (laughs) know, um, we don't have those skills Mm. now it's few and far between. So, Yeah we need to do better as, as, as civilian leaders to get that out. Mm. And uh, like I said, that's one of the things I'm trying to do with, with foremen and um, supervisors is just give them basic fundamental leadership skills. Um, And of course, part of that is being a great citizen. Mm. You know, you can't, you can't lead from behind bars or, or, you know, on probation or something like that. So, that's part about being a a good citizen,
0: yeah, and I hope it goes without saying, but being a good citizen doesn't mean being uh uh bending the knee, it doesn't mean being loyal to political parties or oh yeah, certain politicians or anything like that it's it is defined as is right like not it ha- it there's no element of loyalty to a particular person or political party involved in being a good citizen it it is no being a good citizen is is the same here. As it is anywhere in the world, regardless of what kind of political structure you have,
1: right? It's, it's always the same. Look, I'm I'm pretty conservative. Mm. I I wouldn't say I'm a libertarian or a Republican or anything else like that. But the more I listen to Tulsi Gabbard, mm. the more interested I am in what she has to say, right? Because um, she makes sense.
0: Well, you can right. hear you can kind of hear her thinking out loud. Like she clearly, yes. she's well, she's from Hawaii, right? So she's got deep roots in liberalism, like right. actual liberalism, not crazy liberalism. Yeah, and you can hear her uh, kind of ferreting out reality. Because right. I, I say this a lot too. Uh, when conservatives are out of control, reasonable people should appear liberal. And when liberals are out of control, reasonable people should appear conservative. That's kind of how the pendulum swings.
1: Yeah. And she's got to be that way. Yeah,
0: and she she gets roasted by the left all the time now. They won't even put her on their TV shows anymore because she had the temerity to say, Hey, you know what, you guys, this doesn't really represent anything about what we've been historically. And right. She, and she's the one that gets booted out for it. It's very interesting to me.
1: Yeah, I, I just think so in a world of of I guess hardness, mm. she she to me is the reason of empathy Mm. a little bit common sense and empathy and, and, and you need that balance. Mm. Um, because we are, we'd like you said, the swing pendulum is swinging towards a, a hardness and an absolute, Mm. and that's not good either. You know, we need that balance.
0: And I don't want it to swing from wokeness to something on the far right either. Like that's not helpful for anybody. And that's, no, no. you're, you're seeing a lot, of the pockets, you know, over the past couple of years have done that guys have been like, well, they're going to do all this stuff. We're going to do this. That's weak. That's your, yeah. that's your weakness talking. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I challenge, be a man, be do what's right, regardless of what the circumstance is. Don't, don't like, if you, if you are trying to stand on some moral high ground, because well, they were doing this. So I did this. That's the way a child talks. You know what I mean? Like that's completely unacceptable. I I don't accept that at all. I hate when people say shit like that.
1: (laughs) No, I'm with you. So just because somebody does something wrong, that gives you no, no authority to do something is equally wrong back, Mm. you know, maintaining, maintaining your integrity is, is, is all you have, Mm. you know, um, gosh, I'll tell you what. The best, One of the best quotes, and I use it all the time, is we were packing up and going away from um, the, the sheds we lived in during the, the surge. Mm-hmm. We'd, we'd come out of Sadr City and we were, we were standing there. One of the majors at Brigade came down and he said something profound. It was, you know, man can take away all your money and can take away your wife and your family but the only thing man cannot take away is your integrity. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing you can give away. Yep. Right. So guarding that and holding that to me has always been important. And and that's part about being a good citizen. If you see something wrong, have the integrity to say it's wrong, but you don't, I mean, you know, you can do it respectfully and get your point across. Um, But then having the integrity, to accept somebody trying to make you better by pointing out something wrong you did. Right. You got to be able to accept that too. Yep. So.
0: Well, hopefully we all do that more frequently uh, than we have been because it's been a bit of a shit show lately. I appreciate you coming on today. This has been a really good show. <laughs> yeah. It was nice to catch up. It's also good to know that they're just, uh, I consider myself just an ordinary person doing something that I think is important. And I, there's a lot more people doing stuff like that now. And I, I, whether I agree a hundred percent with what they're doing or not, the, the motivation to actually get out there and affect change with an open mind, I think it's, uh, much needed and a better way to go about things than just echo chambers shouting at one another. So, um, I appreciate you coming on today. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we get out of here?
1: No, Dan, it was great talking to you. Um I like I said, I can't watch the Squidbillies without thinking about you and you and Welter. And uh I love that show. Yeah, yeah. I did I just you know, you're part you're you are part of my memories mm. that you know, it was it was positive. Yep. And um it, it built strength and character, and uh, you are, you know, believe it or not, you're, you're what's helped shape me um, up to this point in my life. So I appreciate it.
0: Yes, sir. Well, it was really good to see you again. Um, thank you for coming. Thank you all for listening. This has been Citizen. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.